Hey, everybody, you're listening to NC Shop Talk brought to you by NC Carpet Binding. I'm your host, Mal Mayer. If you want to learn from some of the most innovative people in the industry and laugh a ton, then this show is for you. So let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of NC Shop Talk. For this one, I want to give you guys a peek into my thought process from an event from a few years ago, and of course, into the mind of our next guest. If you know me well, you know I'm not a good liar. For starters, I don't want to lie, but but it's more than that. I battle with sugarcoating anything. Even when I know what's going to put me in a bad spot, I'll most often say what needs to be said, or in some cases, do what needs to be done. In a lot of ways, it's a bad trait. Sometimes it can hurt feelings, make a conversation awkward, cause more work, or even increase costs. In 2020, we were fielding submissions for the NC Auto Interior of the Year contest. And when our following guest put in his submission, at first I got real excited. It just blew me away. Then I saw who put it in and where his shop was located. Of course, I know him. But that warm and fuzzy feeling that I had quickly turned into that warm, sick feeling. We've all had it. You've all had it before. You know that feeling when you know you're screwed and can't do a thing about it. I knew the rest of the field had little chance of winning. Uh, Sorry, not sorry. It just is what it is. Soon as I saw it, I called Bucks and I called Shannon. And in my mind, all but conceded victory to him. I couldn't imagine something beating it. I was happy about how incredible the interior was, but pissed off too. Want to know why? Well, we're going to tackle that in a minute. NC Shop Talk welcomes in an elite international trimmer and our first international interview. Industry elite Brent Parker Motor Trimming of New South Wales, Australia. Brent, welcome to the show, mate. G'day, Mal. Thanks for having me, mate. Of course. That's quite an intro. That's quite an intro. I... um. I feel like I'm on, um, what's it? This is your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to do a little bit different for this one. I'm trying to do them different because, you know, I'm getting bored of the old format and I shouldn't say that, but I, it, it's hard to be completely different, right? I mean, we're kind of, you know, most of the interviews are all the auto guys. That's my biggest target. That's what everybody wants to hear. My carpet customers, for the most part, you know, they tune in, but there's not a lot of guys out there that they want to hear from. You know, the auto guys are so into it. I love it, but I, I just got to try to do some different things. So just try to little, be a little different, maybe get in your mind. I'd really like to. I really don't want you to hold back. And I want to get, you know, into my mind a little bit more on this and explain a little more on the intro. Do you have any idea where I'm going on this and why I was pissed about you winning? Um, I have a fair idea because you've got to send a, a Skyver <laughs> over to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, for one... I'm insanely patriotic. So having an international submission win this award was a little upsetting. And I'm not, it wasn't even in the contest. I'm just a judge. <laughs> now, d- tell the truth. Did you take some joy out of sending that trophy out of America and across the globe? Oh, look, it's it's always good to be, um, let the Aussies sort of win something. But uh, yeah, it was, it was great. And uh, it's just, a, yeah, I was just so proud to be able to do it. Yeah. And, um, you yeah, know, really, really joyous. And I just can't believe, you know, it, it was still one of the best days of my life. And, um, but I love you guys over there. So, um, yeah, I wasn't um, feeling too sorry for you, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You have a lot of friends here and admirers, of course. 
I mean, you basically beat out an entire nation and we had some mission, some missions from all over the world, which is quite nice, but mainly it's, you know, North America for, for the most part, America and, you know, Canada as well. But, uh, you know, it's definitely a really good thing that you did. You know, the second reason, which you already nailed it, I wanted to give you a crack at that. But uh, I, while I'm not afraid to spend, I was faced with the re- of reality of not only have to expense a skiver, you know, but spend another th- close to $1,000 on shipping the damn thing. But uh, yeah, well, well that, that's, that's why I offered to um, help with shipping. <laughs> I know you did. And I refused. I would never, ever. <laughs> I don't care if it costs $3,000. I was never going to let you do mind, that. But that was, hey, that was mind you, mind you that uh, the, the fees and taxes coming into the country were like eleven hundred dollars. So we sort of evened ourselves out. <laughs> that, that's true. You ended up having to pay something on it, but uh, something substantial, which is crazy. But um, you know, and I was I was fine with that because you know I just it was it was just so cool to even just have an NC uh, Skyver in the shop and something from from the from another country. That that was great. That's incredible. The paperwork didn't even say it was it was no charge. I don't know how the hell. They, I guess they look it up and they're going to tax you no matter what. Cause I'm sure people oh, try yeah. to get away with it, try to get away with it. Legitimately, there was, they know there's no money transacted. They obviously check our wires, they check your wires, they check, yes, you know, PayPal do. and everything else, like credit cards. But it is what it is. I guess they're going yeah, to get they, you. They said it didn't matter that it was a, that was a, that was a gift. It, it, it didn't matter. But, um, you know, if you're in Australia, you just add a zero to everything. I reckon that's what they do. I know. <laughs> I, I completely understand your dilemma. And if anyone out there who makes these decisions is listening, you know, uh, let's keep it. Let's try to keep it clean. I've only cursed once in 24 episodes. I don't want to do it again. Well, I, I just want to get, uh, do the, uh, we don't want to get into a log with Johnny, um, Jimmy Compton. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to scare Jimmy. Forget it. He was, it, I had, to, Jimmy had so much good content. I had to chop most of it. He was so graphically raw that I couldn't even use, you know, some of it. And, uh, you and no, I went I, back I, and forth about that when he went on and, uh, you know, I get always got a kick out of Jimmy. He's, he's funny. He's crazy. He's, you never know what he's going to say, but I had to chop so much good stuff because just couldn't use it. Yeah, I love Jimmy, and I love how forward he is. It's it's yeah. fantastic. He's awesome. Yeah, I, I like um, I like real people and people that speak the truth. So yeah, he's not afraid. Even if you don't agree with him, or he doesn't agree with you, you know, he's he's going to shoot from the hip. He's not going to again. He's not. He probably sugarcoats less than I do. <laughs> at least at least you know he stands. Yeah. No, you don't have to. You don't have to wonder with Jimmy. That's for sure. Um, that's right. You know, another thing that pissed me off is. This interior was green, green, damn it. I mean, a freaking green interior and as crazy as I would never in a hundred years think green would work. If I had a collection, which I don't wish I did, that interior would be front and center among my very favorites that I've seen. I mean, it was that stunning and I can't imagine yeah. any other color. Yeah. I like to think of it as I'm making green great again, taking out of Jimmy, Jimmy's page. Yeah. You're making green great. <laughs> out well, no, I haven't seen too many people make it great. So that was pretty. Yeah, yeah, that was, it was funny. You know, I saw the, I saw the color of the car and um, I'm a gut instinct person. And I saw that sample in my, in my swatches. And I just went, you know what? I, I reckon I'm going to pitch this to the customer and He's a great customer, and uh, he he looked at it. He sort of looked at me, sort of, a, oh, God, I'm not sure if this one's going to work. But I said, look, please just trust me. And, um, you know, the rest is history. And, it, you know, it come up come up so well. And, you know, it's just about adding 
yeah, it's the right textures to the car as well, especially with the what sorry with the colours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we even went with a bold choice in carpet, which was the Mercedes Benz speckled beige, mm-hmm. and it just picked up the olive tones in the in the leather. Yep. And even though that sample looks really, I mean, even a lot of samples look bad in your hand, but once it's in a car and it's across the whole floor, yeah, it just come up a million bucks. Yeah, and uh, you know, sometimes you can try all the colours in the world and different textures. Sometimes it just doesn't come off. Um, but this one, it really came off. That was incredible. It really, really was. You know, uh, all jokes aside, you know, of course, me saying pissed, I, I don't like green. But now I that interior is the one exception. And then the, um, you know, the money and everything else and taken out of America, right is right, good is good, winners win. And there was nobody taking that away from you. Uh, you know, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, look, that's, that was, yeah, we really did love that interior. It took a lot of time. Um, you know, we had a, had How close, many hours? To a thousand, close to a thousand hours, <sighs> whatever that is in weeks. I think it's, I think it might be close to 25 weeks of labor. I could put it in uh, one simple statement, two words, too many, <laughs> too many, too many, um, a lot of sleepless nights. Um, but you know, I try and keep, I try and, uh, make sure that I get all the detail right. And it's, it's certainly come up well. And it's, it's won a lot of awards now. Um, I think we've won every award in a uh, major award in Australia um, this year for that interior. Wow. Yeah. So, I've seen, um, I've seen you racking them up. I don't see everything, but you know, when I'm ever, I'm on Instagram, I'm always, I was like, damn, another one, another one, another one, another one. But you know, I'm, what was, I'm sure um, people are getting bored of, bored of seeing it, but um, as a, as a business advertisement, it's, it's quite nice. You know, certain car owners will take their car nowhere. Some will take it to three shows. Some will take it to a show for a year and a half. You know, sometimes you keep seeing the same cars, like, geez, that car again, but the owners, they, they want to, you know, have fun. They like the show circuit and that's how it goes. If you're going to be there, might as well be in a contest that you know you're going to win anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. No, it's, been, um, it's been great. And um, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been a great year for the business, a great couple of years for the business, and, um, you know, plenty more to come. You know, the, cr- the craziest part, I almost forgot to bring it up. I have a little note here. The craziest part is you submitted another entry as well. And I said, yes. uh, so w- the, br- <laughs> the brown one that you put in was in my top three. You know, I battled between, I love brown. Brown is my color, but brown and probably like a in, in the blues. But that blew me away as well. You could have easily won with that. I mean, was the brown just a, uh, just in case the judges hate green backup plan? What the hell was the, you didn't even need it. Oh, look, I don't know. But I look, I, it's, I just wanted to put both in because I think both deserved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, both of them were finished very late, as you know. <laughs> and I only got him in at the last minute. Yep. And uh yeah, the yeah, the brown one, I really like the brown one as well. And you know, yeah, we I, I think we took that one to another level. Um it didn't quite have the same technology in in it as the the green um the green mm. HT Monaro. Yeah. Um with the new technology, but it it sometimes you don't even need that. Right. And yeah, it comes down to good design, good flow, and knowing your style is is very important. Yeah, and for like a, a basic guy like me, I don't want to see wrinkles. And most people, no. I, I know you're all listening, figure out a way not to have wrinkles. Why do they have to be wrinkles? There's there's ways not to, but there's only a select 
handful of guys that just don't have wrinkles no matter what. That's got to be the number one bugaboo for someone like me who's, I'm going to hand my car over. I don't want to see wrinkles everywhere. It's frustrating. But maybe I'm yeah, spoiled that, because of guys like you and, you know, the other guys I made friends with, but I don't want to see wrinkles. I'm sorry. Yeah, I. Uh, that's probably the one of the, the biggest thing I pride myself on is is having no wrinkles. And that all just comes down to patterning. If, if, and you've got to get it right from the start because the patterning determines everything. Well, the glue too. Aren't you gluing the leather to the foam as well? Does that have something to do with it? No. See, that, this is the old, the, uh, old adage that um, the, the big debate always between some trimmers. Um, some guys glue leather to the foam. Some don't. I don't um, unless I have to, especially mm-hmm. on concave curves. But um, I, I personally feel that um, you can get a smoother finish without glue. But once again, it, it, all, it all comes down to patterning because pat- patterning will determine everything, no matter who glues or who doesn't glue. If you don't have the patterning right, you, it's, you're screwed. Okay. All right. Let's change it up a little bit, something a little more historical, if you will. Tell us about you, where and how you grew up first. So let's start there. Where and how you grew up, then we'll get into why you became a trimmer and all the other good stuff. Yeah, so you know, I grew up in the outskirts of Sydney, five-person family. Um, I've got three brothers. Um, I'm, I'm the youngest, and um, you know, we we grew up playing sports, riding motorbikes on the, on our property. We had seven acres, and um, always loved sports. I was always kicking the footy, football, um, yep. and um, you know, I played hockey when I was younger and played football, and. Um, yeah, so you know, I played. Yeah, as I said, I played hockey and played at a national level, Australian under twenty ones, or under twenties, and made all the sort of state teams as a, when I was growing up. Oh and, wow, nice! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So no rugby. Um, I um, so I played rugby league, and then I played um, um, hockey. So okay. field hockey, field hockey, not yeah, ice hockey. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, field hockey, you know, in our country, field hockey is played by the girls. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, real men, real men so too as well you know <laughs> I, I know australians are tough you don't have to prove yourself but uh you know you want a funny story i played field hockey in college on a girls team really no joke okay i'm gonna admit something okay we had a girls field hockey team i was a senior and there was a freshman girl who was on the field hockey team and she was you know good looking girl. So of course I, I tried to work my magic, started talking to her. We started dating a little bit and she was upset. Oh, what's the matter? We don't have enough girls to field the team. This is part of the reason I came here. And I know that feeling, you know, I played college. I went to college, big reason. The first big reason was to play soccer, but so she said, we're, we're going to lose our team. We're not going to be able to play. I said, look, NCAA rules. It goes both ways. If you can't field enough ladies for a team, you could bring the guys in. No, I said, I'm telling you, you can do it. So we had a big old meeting with athletic director. I got two other guys to jump in, gave them enough members to, you can't say girls, geez, members to field the team. And the girls were thrilled. So the, the, the athletic director was not thrilled, but the girls were thrilled. I'm telling you, I gained a new level of respect for these girls because from your, you could see me, everybody else can't, but from here down, mid forearm down, I was destroyed in one day, one practice. <laughs> and I said, well, get me a pair of gloves. You know, I, I'm getting my 
ass kicked these girls. You can't stick handle like it's hockey. You have to use the flat side of the stick, but these girls chop at you. They beat you up. I'm getting cleated, stepped on. My wrists were twice the size by the end of the first day. I was icing my, my arms, my hands, and my wrists. It was brutal. The week of the, f- the first game, two or three days before, four girls came out. They were heavily recruiting. Four girls came out. They made their team. My two friends disappeared. I stayed on with them, and I practiced the rest of the season. The girl I was dating, I broke up with her. She was pissed. And uh, the captain of the team, who was this, let's just say, tough girl. Let's leave it there. Tough. Okay. (laughs) She was about as big as me. And I loved her. She loved me. I loved her. She says to the girl, and the girl was the best player on the team. She was a freshman. She was really good. Um, She said to her, Jen, you go before he goes. So after all my two friends disappeared, because they were just trying to get a, you know, a little get in with the girls. I stayed on to help them. They needed the help. And uh, it was fun. But that girl was pissed. I mean, she was pissed for like a year. And that was it. I played, played the whole season with them just as a coach and helping them in practice. I loved it. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great game and can be brutal at times, especially being a goalkeeper. I yeah. took, some, took some serious hits, and uh, which affected my confidence a lot. But um, coming out the other side, so... Haven't played for a long time now. It's wow. um, I just um, concentrate on the business and I don't know what you call them in Australia. We call them cups or athletic supporters. If I was you with those hard balls, I would have tripled up. Hector protector. That's what they called. Hector protector. <laughs> you should have <laughs> three Hector protector layers because that ball is like a brick. Yeah, it takes it takes the it takes the uh, um, the air out of your lungs. That's for sure. When oh. you get hit there. Not fun. <laughs> Not fun. Um, all right, so. Getting into the, the the auto side, when did that all start? How did it happen? Give us the breakdown on what made you want to do what you do now. Okay, so I left school when I was 16. I really didn't enjoy school too much, but I was always good with my hands. And I did metalwork and woodwork at school. And I was actually going to be a plumber. I did, my, did work experience as a plumber. And then um, my dad restores um, Mercedes-Benzes and Rovers. Mm-hmm. And he was getting a local guy to do the, the trimming on the cars. And he, and he, um, and that, that guy said to my dad, oh, do you know anyone that wants to, um, you know, sweep the floors in the afternoon and things like that? And so, um, yeah, he volunteered me. Nice. And um, that was the end of it. We, you know, I started there and we did upholstery plus cars, but more, more upholstery. So I've, I've done everything. And that turned into an apprenticeship and I did that for three years and picked it up really quickly, but I always enjoyed enjoyed the motor trimming side of things more than the doing the lounges and things like that. I actually did all my TAFE course, my training in, in upholstery, but I'm pretty much all self-taught in the motor trimming. So I then no I then school, talk, no schools, no apprenticing, nothing. Not not with motor trimming, no. No. Wow. And then being young and going out and all the other things, you know, I, I stopped doing sport and things like that. And I, I quit uh, um, motor trimming or upholstery for a while for about two years and went and drove a truck and then um, slowly got back into it with my dad again. And um, it just, it just kept on snowballing from there and, you know, had my own business in his workshop. Then I branched out on my own. Like I was always by myself, always ran the shop by myself. 
Um, but then, um, yeah, went to a went to another shop, put on a worker, and then um, yeah, the rest is history, and it just that's kept it. on going since. Yeah, how, that's how, how old how are you now, Brent? I'm 44 now, so I've been doing okay. it since I was 16. Okay, but full time since what? You're about 20, 19, 20. Uh, full time probably uh, from from about 25. Okay, when did you know? Yeah. This is hard to say because you're just you're gonna look like a. Like you're patting yourself on the back. When did you know you're going to be better than most people? Oh, that's a hard one. Look, I've always, generally anything that I've put my mind to, I always, this sounds like put pat myself on the back, but yeah. always excelled at what I, what I do. Yeah. Um, and I, anything that I try and do, I always try and do my best. And whether that's um, becoming the best or or not is another thing, but I just always try and do just to do what I know and do my in, um, yeah. um, follow my instinct, and um, you know probably look. I always knew that that I was doing good work, but um, and then when the what really just blew me away is when the guys from the Hog Ring first posted about my work in 2014 That's about awesome. a Lamborghini Lamborghini Esparta that I did, and then you know we owe those guys so much debt of gratitude. Us trimmers, the the industry is just I love them. Love them. Uh, has just um, skyrocketed. I mean, you know, they put my business into the stratosphere. Um, but it really was after that um, Lamborghini um, um, piece they did on my on on the that I did, and the they did a story on it. Um, it's just notoriety started to grow from there. Yeah, and obviously social media, but yeah, it really it's really come from the boys at the Hog Ring, and yeah, as that's I say, really that's nice. I, I can't begin to thank those guys enough to putting our, our trade on the map and, and, you know, look what you guys are doing now as well. Like it's just, it is just incredible where, where the, where the trade has come to, you know, even last week and this just still blows me away because I consider myself very humble and it's just, I'm just a, a normal guy, but like even last week I've been asked to go do a, a um, teach in New Zealand. Oh, wow. Okay. So now flying to another country to, be a guest speaker, and that that's just that just blows me away that it's come to that where you know you, you're getting asked to do things. Yeah, that's in really another nice. that's a great feeling. You know, as you get older, it's it's not that you don't get recognized, but I when you were younger, you were wanted more, you got accolades more, whether it was school, sports, girls, friends. You know, when you get older, you know, you focus all your attention if you have kids to your kids or work if you have work or both. And you get recognized less. So you really have to work your tail off to get recognized, be seen, separate yourself from the pack, because all of us are just out there going to work every day. And, uh, you know, it's harder to differentiate yourself as we get older. It truly is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not easy, but um, just keep at it. And it's been been a stressful few years, um, but a very rewarding few years. But I don't, don't know how we, any other way to do it and then just keep trying my best and and when you try your best, good things happen. Right. The first thing is to try your best. If you're not trying your best, you just, you know, quit, do something else or just, you know, you know, yeah. retire, whatever the case. But most people don't do that. They don't put everything they got into what they're doing. I'm always messing around with things I probably shouldn't mess with, trying to make them better, trying to improve it. And um, I just can't sit still when it comes to that. There's, you know, it's a different breed. And certain guys yeah. have more of it than others. I like to think I'm a little better than average, but you know, if you're not going for it all the time, to me, it's a waste of time. I get bored. 
really yeah, do. If, if, if I stop if I stop thinking about how I can be better, yeah, then yeah, it's it's game over almost. What's the point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's the point? And um, I'm forever trying to try new things, try new ideas. Got mm-hmm. got ideas for the business. Um, That's good. But it's it, it is definitely hard because you know uh, I often say to a lot of people uh, that I just love to trim with no pressure. But unfortunately, that just doesn't happen anymore. Can't anymore. <laughs> I've got, I've got, uh, you know, you've you've got phone calls, you've got emails, you've got uh, people asking you advice, which I love. Um, but I've got um, three little kids under six six years old. Six years old. Um, that takes a lot of my time. That's the most but, important. That should be taking the time. Yeah, hire somebody and, uh, to handle some of it, and you know, give more time to yourself. That's what you got to do. Yeah, um, and you know, I've moved I've moved businesses up the coast because I'm just a bit north of Sydney now. Um, and I'm just, I'm still proud that I'm able to produce the work that I can with the distractions that I have put it that way. Okay. A lot of guys probably don't know this. And if they do, it's everyone, more people should, but you also have a division that sells leather aptly named Brent Parker hides. Um, yes. You know, the way I found out was you know, five, six years ago, you emailed me asking uh, to help with the domestic shipment. And um, I guess that kind of kicked off our relationship more than yeah. anything else was working together on that. You know, tell us about your line of leather, who you sell to, and, you know, give us a shameless plug about your leather. Yeah. So I look, I, I wanted to do that um, for a number of years uh, before I started. And, you know, I just felt like if I could run off the back of my motor trimming business that um, and a good, with a good reputation that if I found a good line of leather that um, people would buy off me and that's just what happened as well. And, um, you know, I, I get it from a lot of different sources. I get some from America, I get some from Italy and it's a good side thing. So, but definitely in the next few years, I want to continue to um, expand the ranges and, you know, possibly start to settle internationally. But at, at this stage point in time, I'm just selling within Australia just because a lot of logistical matters overseas that makes it harder. Yep. Um, but definitely, definitely in the coming years, I want to um, expand, expand more and do more with it and maybe step back from the motor trimming side of things, maybe in five to 10 years time. Because um, yeah, this body ain't getting any any uh, better. <laughs> you sell you sell any more of those green hides after the car came out? I've I've had a lot of inquiries about those green hides. Yes, <laughs> and it's funny, you know, the sometimes I look through the posts of of the of the Hongrig and stuff like that, and you know, those seats, from what I can see, have had more likes than any any other seat on their page in their history. Really, and it's got over like somewhere over 10, 10 or eleven thousand likes on those seats because wow. they, they they just they just popped. Yeah, it worked. It was just different. So, it was completely different, and it wasn't yep. just the seats in particular. It was everything. It was the the, the doors were like holy cow. Then the the dash, okay, and then you, the car. Oh, whoa, the carpet, holy cow. Then the I don't even know what it's <laughs> called underneath the rear the roof shield. The um, oh the the parcel shelf. Is that what it's called? The shelf? Yeah. Parcel shelf. Yeah. Vaccine yeah, shelf, whatever. And that was, yeah. that was lights out. So it was just one thing after another. It wasn't just one or two components. It was all of it. Um, yeah. You know, the contrast with the darker green paint. I mean, everything just worked. All right. Let's have some fun a little bit, sure. get to know you better. 
and we're going to go on our first transcontinental NC rapid fire hot seat here. And I did a lot of them. No one's had this many. So let's cook through them really fast. Have some fun. Don't get too nervous. I didn't, I didn't get sweating already. Nah, I didn't get crazy. I didn't get crazy. All right. Favorite hobby. Favorite hobby. Wow. Uh, The kids. Yeah, playing with the kids. Um, yeah, I look, I like, like socializing as well. Just see my friends and just unwinding from work. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite food? Oh, wow. Uh, it's nothing like a good pizza. Agreed. Okay. You said you, you married kids, found that out already. Do you know who Rodney Dangerfield was? Yes, I do. You did. Okay. Comic, he passed away, you know, some yeah. years ago, but he had this line about kids and he said, and remember the best thing about kids is making them. I love movies. Can you name that movie from across the pond there? Oh, I don't think I can. <laughs> All right. Back to school. It's before your time. A little before it was before my time too. 1985. I was seven, but, uh, back to school. No, One I can't remember. Comedies. I don't know it. I don't know it. To this day, it's it's still my favorite comedy. I just love Rodney. He was great. Um, yeah, he's a very funny guy. Oh, loved him. Favorite, all right, favorite music? I like a lot of different music, but one, probably one of my favorites is Metallica. Okay, so that's your favorite. That was the next one. Favorite band, Metallica? Yeah, Metallica. Yeah, I like a bit of everything. I uh, like a bit of house music, um, but definitely Metallica, especially if you're in the workshop by yeah. yourself. You just, you just blare it. Cranking it. <laughs> yep. Crank it. Uh, all right. If I had to guess, I would say Elvis, Michael Jordan, or Muhammad Ali. But who's the most recognized American star ever in Australia? Oh, wow. Um, oh, definitely Michael Jordan. Okay. Definitely right, so I'm one Michael for three. Jordan. Um, wow. That's, uh, I would say he's the most famous with, without a doubt. Even more than Elvis and, and Muhammad Ali, for sure. Oh. Oh, look, oh, they both had different periods of time, aren't they? So, yeah, people love Muhammad Ali. I, I'm a I'm a big Mike Tyson fan. <laughs> yeah, he was. Mike, Mike Tyson is, was, was huge here. Huge. Okay. I'm a big boxing fan, so. Yeah, I love boxing, too. I definitely do. I still, still, I mean, Tyson was not the guy you want to invite over for dinner or to date your sister, but he was entertaining. And I would now. I think had, he's a fantastic, he'd be great value right now. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't, you can only change so much, but he, uh, he was incredible. He had a lightweight speed and a heavyweight body, you know, with a heavyweight punch. I mean, he was just was incredible. I watched some of his old training videos. Have you ever watched them on YouTube? You'll see. Him train- yeah. yeah. Go- oh yeah. my dear God. I mean, the training videos when he was 17, 18, 20 are just ridiculous. He ridiculous. was vicious. Huh? He was vicious. Vicious and fast. It was just mind boggling. I mean, and it's, it's a shame that uh, people used him. Yeah. But it, it's him, history. A lot of it went to his head, but he didn't have the, as soon as his leadership went down, Cuss got sick and uh, my boy, Teddy <laughs> Atlas had to walk away from him. That was it. And the, the guidance was gone. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite muscle car from the sixties and seventies? I really do like the, the 69 Camaro, I would love to do a big link and just a big yank tank. <laughs> <laughs> I say this to everyone. How come no one's ever taken a limo and just went wild with the real estate inside? No one's ever done it. 
Yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah, as I say, yeah, the, the '69 Camaro, I'm, I'm, I really like. Look, I like the Mustangs as well, um, but yeah, I'd love to do a massive Lincoln if I had the money. I'd, but it's the amount of money you'd have to spend to get one of those. Rides to get one incredible. there is, is has to be mind-boggling. Oh, um, brutal. Okay, your favorite sports car from say the last or muscle car for the last twenty years. Oh, I'm a big fan of the of the Lamborghini. Yeah, well, which one, which one I which model I'm not sure, but um, yeah, definitely the different definitely Lamborghini. I, yeah, I just I just think they're a little bit different Ferrari, and yeah, they just. I've said it on here before. Just, I'm a Lamborghini man from yeah, they just, Cannonball they're just Run, a weapon. from the Cannonball yeah. Run oh, movie well, days, the Kunchash you know and yeah, yeah, it's funny. That's that's the one car. That's my dream trim job. Is I have never done. A contage. Oh wow! Contage, okay. and I really want to do one because, like you, I grew up with the Cannonball Run movies, and those those cars were just incredible. Next, that incredible. Was it. That hooked and, uh, me. The Cannonball Run was had, had nothing to, well, had nothing to do with the ladies though either. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were both very young, but it did afterwards. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Um, in your twenties, what was the craziest thing you ever did? Oh, look, I was pretty tame. Do you know what? I'll have to pass on that one. I really no don't skydiving, know. no um, mile high no, I've club, never done, nothing. <laughs> I've never done skydiving. Um, I actually I do remember being really, let's say, drunk. And in my 20s, I didn't realize I was sitting next to Kylie Minogue in a nightclub um <laughs> after the, the Sydney Olympics. Okay. And that's it's been I was really, really, really blind. And I didn't you might know have made that, a little bit of a fool I of yourself. Guess that, yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, hey, maybe you'll do a car one day. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is, if you had a list, and I'm sure you do, you can pass on this one if you want, because it's a tough one, but I'd like for you to try to answer it. Who's your list of favorite trimmers from across the world? Okay. I've actually thought about this one. Look, can I break it down to three categories? Okay. So classic car. I would use Gareth Judd from Judd's Coach Trimming in England. Okay. Great. Um, you'll like me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, for custom interior, I'd probably go with um, Chuck Rowland. Okay. He's an American guy. Yeah. And yep. uh, Good choices. Yeah. And I think for new car, especially with all the dashes and stuff they do, there's a, there's a guy, well, a lot of the Russians, but um, there is 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 Andre somebody? Yes. I've forgotten his- yeah, he's got the, the he's got the angled stitching down to a science. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the who, three that I would take. And look, there's there's look if you ask me tomorrow, there'd probably be other guys as well. But yeah, yeah. another guy for custom interiors would be um, I'd say Joel Maddox. Yeah, Joel's very good. Very unbelievable. Good. You yeah. know, look, there's so many guys, and um, if I had to choose one right at this point in time, they they'd be it. Okay, yeah, the Russian, I don't know what he does or how he does it. It is handles here. I have it on my phone. A-N-D-R-E-I, Andre Kurskin. 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 I don't know. <laughs> but he's got the, the photography down to a science, the angled stitching. He's always presenting, and he's just he's just good. He's really yeah, good. Yeah, and, I, and I've, I've um, tried to – well, I've spoken to him a number of times on through Instagram, and uh-huh. – now the English isn't isn't fan, isn't the easiest thing, but um, yeah, he's shown me some tips. 
And um, yeah, I'm gr- very grateful for that. Oh, so very nice. Okay, that. great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now let's let's get on to a couple more here. Uh, bum, bum. At growing up, who was your celebrity crush? Oh, I shouldn't say it. Sharon Stone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I still think she's one of the most incredible, incredibly sexy uh, yeah, she women was a to ever gra- beautiful grace everything. She was a Beautiful She's a great actress on top of all that. She was amazing. Um, yeah. Casino and everything she did, she was really good. Yeah, um, she's amazing. And just um, she's got had a presence, which is just undeniable. Nice. All right. So while we're going to stay on the ladies with this, who was hotter in her prime? Now I'm going to go Aussie here. You ready? Mm-hmm. Sharon Stone or L. McPherson? Oh, Sharon Stone all the way. You're going to take, oh, you're going to go against the Aussie. I'm surprised. Okay. Yeah. All right. So okay. Sharon Stone is, is moving on to the next you round. Can't, you, can't, you can't beat uh, charisma. Uh-oh. Or, okay. Here's a, this yeah. one's got, a, got charisma and some spunk. Have you seen the movie Wedding Crashers? Another Aussie, which a lot of people yeah. don't know. Sharon Stone or Isla Fisher? No, I'm still Sharon Stone. Okay. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm two for two with you. <laughs> now, this is where it gets harder for me. Sharon Stone or Mila Kunis? Yeah, not even a contest for me, Mal. Still Sharon, Sharon Stone. Stone. Okay. All right, we're going to get <laughs> – I'm going to – I'm 50-50. But I'm going to I'm gonna probably stick with Sharon Stone. Now, we'll go to the next round. <laughs> this one, I can't believe I wrote it like this, but Sharon Stone or pre-psycho Megan Fox? Oh, I, see. Oh, I, I don't see much in Megan Fox. Let me show you. Especially Come on, mate. Out, especially how she's going out with uh, Machine Gun Kelly. That's what. <laughs> now, well, I, that's why I said pre-cycle. Before him, the Transformer days, she was the hottest thing since Sunburn. I mean, you know what she was? She was gorgeous. stunning. Gorgeous. Stunning. She still is. She's but just still, crazy. I'll still, right. still Sharon Stone. All right. And here's the finals. Sharon Stone for me, Megan Fox. Sharon Stone or Halle Berry? Where are you going? Oh wow, Halle Berry is she's especially in the Bond movies. You know it. Uh, look, I still got my girl Sharon. She's still she's still got the runs on everybody. <laughs> right, well, I I I, I got to go against you again. I'm going Halle Berry there. That's all um, right. That's all right. And then the, the grand champion. I was thinking maybe go up against uh, Tanya Harding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe hey, hey, Tanya Harding hey, today. Hey. Well, I like my I, kneecaps too much. I I added that question last minute just to, to see if I could get a, get a, a rise out of you. I don't know why, but after I thought it, she popped in my head as someone that was completely unattractive to me and I couldn't get her out. So she stuck there. I figured no one's going to get upset about me bashing Tanya Harding, you know? No, definitely not. Okay. When you're, <laughs> who are you taking with you to help you survive in the outback? Steve Irwin, rest in peace. Mick Dundee, AKA Paul Hogan. Or Bear Grylls? Oh, I love Steve Irwin. I'd have to go with um, Paul Hogan because you, you need to laugh when you're out there. Come on, man. Bear Grylls? The, the, the Englishman's got you guys there. I'm sorry. There's no one out surviving that guy. Yeah, look, he, my son watches him on TV as well. And uh, look, he's, he's great. I love him. He's but, a uh, yeah, Paul, Paul Hogan, yeah, because at least he's got the big knife. Yeah, I actually <laughs> ordered the... Uh, $29.99 special from uh, Bear Grylls. It's trash. <laughs> I should have ordered the the big, uh, you know, Paul Hogan, Mick Dundee knife. That thing was wicked. That's that's not a knife. That's a knife. Well, that's a knife. Yeah, I can't do it. I'm not even going to try. I need about 12. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, just let me do it. Just let me do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll need about 12 fosters to get there on that. Uh, and the last question, and a tough one, and we're going to go serious on this. 
ever have a close encounter with a kangaroo? God, no. And I, I don't want dangerous. to. Have you seen those big reds? I've heard they're dangerous, buddy. Those big reds. I'm six foot three. Yeah. And uh, those big reds can, uh, they're taller than me and they've got bigger muscles than me. They, I, I hear they've messed. Did you, did, you ever, did you ever see that guy boxing with the. Um, I have. Yeah, he gave it a good smack in the mouth, not didn't a, he? Not a good idea. Not <laughs> a good idea. All no, right. they'll, 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 they will gut you with their, with <laughs> stand, they'll stand on the back of their, their uh, tail and yeah. they'll just kick and kick and kick. They'll and kill you. They'll kill you. You'll, yeah, yeah, they'll kill you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. All right. Well, There's lots of kangaroos around, but they're generally the red ones are up um, further north in the country. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> if I ever saw a kangaroo, I'm running. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Um, Okay, you're off the hot seat. I told you it wasn't going to be hard. It must, you know, Ooh. basics, basics, nothing crazy. Um, <laughs> the industry, as you see it from your side of the world, we touched on, you touched on it a little bit, kind of uh, led into this. Read us in on the challenges, whether it's facing supply side issues, lack of choices, et cetera. Um, you know, what are the shortcomings of being, you know, in Australia for everything as far as supplies go? You know the supplies aren't too bad. Um, it's just the the machines, uh, the the cost of like any technology. You know, it's it's just crazy. You may as well add in zero on it with everything. Like I I'm getting into the the um, the, the technology side of things, and I will like definitely will. But I'm also not willing to mortgage have to have another mortgage on a house. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'll do the things where I can. Um, Look, I'm going to get CAD on computer and stuff like that and start designing my own things and I'll outsource it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's that's the main thing. It, like, everything is just so expensive here. Like, even, you know, I, I buy most of my materials from the States because it's still still cheaper to buy it from the States that's and get insane. it shipped. That was my next question. Is. How much ordering do you do outside of Australia? And you just you just answered it. That's crazy. You do yeah, most of the majority? 90, yeah, and 90% of my materials come from um, – Either Italy or or the states. Wow, that's crazy. That's but the the price of the price of shipping has skyrocketed, as you would know. What I was paying three hundred dollars for to get it here is now five hundred, five hundred and fifty, and more. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a real problem. But and you know, and you know, guys to restore their interiors are probably paying an extra thirty percent what they would be in America. Yeah, it's bad. And you know what? I mentioned it in one of my prior podcasts. Yes, there's inflation and all this stuff, and it's all self-inflicted wounds by, you know, the government and everything else. But there's a lot of price gouging going on a lot. Yeah. Like there's yes. a couple of products that I sell and some of my competitors sell exact from the same vendor. And I know it for a fact because I know the vendors. And yeah. I say... Wow, thread that we're selling for twelve dollars are selling for sixteen. Thread and say tape we're selling for thirty four. They're selling for forty eight. Just outlandish, dead on, accurate. Just they're price gouging, hundred yeah. percent. There's people yeah. out there taking advantage of it, and yeah. that's more gross to me than the criminals that run all our countries. It really is. <laughs> yeah, look, it's 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 out of control. Um, yeah, and, and you're definitely right. People are price gouging, and I don't know what can be done about it. Uh, but the world's going into a very tricky situation, definitely. Um, but you know, we're still getting supplies. Um, there was there was a, a bit of a shortage for a while there, just through COVID. Um, 
but um, yeah, just it, everything is just so expensive. And as I said, I, I get everything from overseas pretty much because most of my work is is I use all the European materials. Yeah. So and otherwise, it just costs too much here. Yeah. And you know, and I, and I know where to go to get materials, which is which is good because I've been in the industry a long time. I've got a lot of contacts. I know where to, where to go, and it does make it a little bit easier. It helps. It helps. And they got to help yeah. you too. You know, we try to help yeah. our international clients. It's hard. It's not easy. Um, we already talked about this too. You answered a lot of my questions. You're good. My last question was what project or essentially type of project would kind of be your last hurrah, the last thing you want to do and say, okay, now I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And just, you know, Right off into the sunset. Would it be a Would it be a Lamborghini? Would it be a, an insane build? Would it be an alliance with a company where you're a brand, a, a um, you know, designer? I mean, what would What's the pie in the sky? This is my last project, and little mic drop and get out. What would it be? You know, I, I guess it'd be doing one of the probably an interior for one of the big guys in the states, maybe Ring Brothers or or uh, Chip Foose or something like that, and and. Maybe that goes to Riddler and takes the award. I'll just go, see you later. I'm done. Yeah, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... I've done a lot of interiors over my time, but um, yeah, it's um, that would be yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a good way to to close it off. All right, but I don't All plan right. to do that anytime soon. We'll tease that with a Lamborghini and and then uh, let you ride off in the sunset in 15 years. Yeah, yeah. All right, mate. That was great. I had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Is there anything you want to go over? I didn't bring up something you can think of or. Uh, look, mate, I, th- I think we've covered all unless you, um, it, it, I've, then you want me to go a bit further or not? No, we're good. I mean, we, we did it. I think we did a pretty damn good job. You know, um, yeah, look, you wanted probably, to keep probably, it casual and. Yeah, probably, probably the only thing that um, I'd like to touch on is with our trade. I think, um, you know, the guys should concentrate on the, core motor trimming skills i think um that's where our that's where our trade comes from you know straight stitching right needles things like that perfecting the the core motor trimming skills as opposed to trying to buy all the new technology is more important because you can you can build a killer interior with master um uh core skills but if you if you've got all the the technology in the world and you don't have the uh, the um, the core motor trimming skills, you can't build a killer interior. So, yeah, my advice is just to anyone who's listening or young guys listening, perfect the the core motor trimming skills because that'll take you further. You can do lots of different jobs. You can do classic cars, and I'm not saying you can't, you shouldn't do technology. By all means, do it, um, but really make the core motor trimming skills the priority you know master the craft first before you start relying on technology to make you look like a master be that master first i couldn't agree more yeah so that's pretty much yeah sign off with that but um yeah that's that's sort of my speak to a a lot of a lot of people that you look up to get ideas ask questions yeah all of us guys love asking questions as long as it's asked the right way and you know you have a you have a bit of a conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know most guys would um, more than happy to divulge some secrets. Of course, you know, and more than anything else, I said it a thousand times, just go for it, do something different, and get it done. Just get it done. Well, if- that's that's how that's how I've done all my things. I've just yeah. jumped in. 
And if go. you don't jump in, you, if you don't dip the toe in the water, nothing will happen. You got to go like, for it. If you keep- I, I get a, I get a, I get a lot of guys that ask me things, and they never go and try the what I've told yep. them. Yeah, they they want to ask uh, first, it, so they don't have to they don't have to put the work in. Yeah, yeah. but you've got to you've got to put into practice, and then once you start, things evolve. Yeah, get stuck, get in things. trouble. That's exhaust right. all the possibilities, then ask for help. Trust me, I've made all the mistakes that everyone's made. Yeah, every trimmer's made, but you just got to keep going. Yeah, and perfect perfect the craft. Keep thinking of ideas, and just run with it. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, you were great. Oh, I had man. a good time. And uh, oh, I love again, you. thanks for coming on 14 hours ahead of us. That was that was no easy <laughs> task getting us to nail down a time. Brent wanted f- Friday night. said, as much as I love you, I'm not doing a Friday night. He laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Friday? You want me to come on Friday night? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, as I said, it said in the message, it was worth a try. <laughs> oh, no, mate, I really appreciate it, Mal. I think I thank you for what you're doing. I thank the boys at the Hogring what they're doing. Uh, no um, it's really pointing the uh, the trade in the right direction. And um, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe this year or next year that I'll head over to SEMA and be able to see and see and meet you guys. We've talked about it before. Whenever you're ready, get your butt over there. And I know it's a big imposition travel wise and everything, but sometimes in life, you just got to do stupid things. You coming here and spending all that money would be stupid, but come on over. And uh, some of us will meet you out there one way or another. Hey, money comes and goes, but memories, uh, that last last forever. forever. Thanks for listening in today, everybody. If you learned something new and liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe for more NC shop talk. Do me a favor and help us grow this sucker. Share this show on your social media feeds and with anyone else who'd love to hear it. Thanks for giving us a listen. And until next time, remember to get out there and make it happen.